You're listening to Pushing It Uphill, and we are literally pushing it uphill. It's time for another update from the road. A little bonus for our listeners. This is a village cricket forward uh, before we wrap up the day. Peter, what did uh, what uh, village cricket did we see along the way? Well, we didn't see any actual playing because it is a Tuesday uh, and village cricketers do have jobs, most of them. Uh, we wandered out onto the ground at Bushley, which uh, it's in Gloucestershire near Tewkesbury, and I believe that they have another mode of dismissal at that ground. You can be out run over because there's a road between the pavilion and the ground itself. Uh, It's not a busy road, it must be said, and that's why we were cycling on it. So uh, it looked like it would be runs galore, especially uh, if you've got a wind behind you from uh, the top end. I'm sure lots of balls get lost in the very lush undergrowth there, and the groundsman came out when he saw me out there. walking the dog and I got off pretty quickly I wasn't of course tampering with the wicket but uh, earlier in the day we'd gone through Frampton on seven and I was singing I want you to show me the way Adrian you're not really across uh, Peter Frampton's work though are you? Not really but it was uh, Peter Comes Alive you were very excited <laughs> 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 we, uh, it took us a long time to get, th- uh, get through the longest village green in England. Yes and the cricket ground at the bell end That's the Bell Hotel. Yes, the Bell Hotel is at the end where there's the smallest cricket ground I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, square of the wicket. <laughs> you know, you, you'd square leg. The square leg umpire would be standing on the boundary, so the balls would just be flying over their head there. But this is Gloucestershire that we're uh, talking about with these two wonderful little village cricket grounds, and I just wonder if WG Grace in his time here might have played there an exhibition or something and and screwed some money out of the locals. He was supposed to be an uh, amateur, yeah. but he, d- did, he didn't do anything yeah. that he didn't get paid for. D- uh, WG Disgrace. Peter, the end of day five, and we find ourselves at uh, Worcester Oval, I believe, and we're sitting in the Graham Hick Pavilion overlooking... Uh, what is it, Worcester Cathedral Cathedral, and one of the biggest missed opportunities in architectural history in the hotel uh, that we're sitting opposite. It is a very, very ugly addition to the ground. If this had happened anywhere that, like Australia, where we don't have a lot of great, you know, really old built heritage, you know, this ground, the new road ground in, in Worcester is regarded as the prettiest major cricket ground in the world and they've plonked this revolting square box the days in or the premier in right on the river side of the ground and it blocks out the view of the other very tall steepled church which is a famous view i should know that's saint something or others but uh you can see the cathedral beautifully but now you can't see the church certainly from the hick pavilion like you did in the great photos when the invincibles played here uh, you can hear the ground staff. Uh, I think there must be a one day coming up because they don't play another county game here f- till Sunday week. Uh, or perhaps the women are playing here. They're, they're uh, playing, uh, 
practice match or there's a, a game going on behind us as well. But it is still beautiful despite that edifice that is, uh, has been uh, plonked here. But uh, I, I say in Australia, th- this would be a national shame. But I don't know, it seemed to pass me by that they'd built this thing here at this ground that's got such great heritage. Graham Hick, have a guess how many runs he scored in first-class cr- cricket for Worcestershire. 47,000. Oh, you are a genius. Bill Frindle has come back to life. You look like him, actually, with this beard that you're sporting. You told me five minutes ago. 140 centuries in those 47,000 runs. He's probably He probably scored three or four triple hundreds on this ground yeah. alone. He was so prolific in county cricket. Of course, we Australians tend to think he was a bit of a dud when he became a test player, but then he saw the light and became an assistant Australian coach, so we love Graham Hick, and here we are at his ground. There's probably been lots of great Aussies that have played county cricket for Worcester as well. None spring straight to my mind, but I'm sure that uh, one of our avid listeners to the podcast... Ivor Leonard will uh, quickly uh, shoot me a text. He and George are, are listening every day. Um, we've had complaints, haven't we, uh, overnight <laughs> about the previous day's podcast. Yes, indeed. That was in, uh, entirely my fault. Uh, it didn't quite upload properly, so uh, I had to re-upload. And uh, Andrew from Creative Imagery, who's been looking after us, is, uh, who is on the road himself, travelling back to Tasmania after working up in Brisbane, um, you know, very, very quickly got it all uploaded and everything. So uh, everybody who was who was worried or couldn't, you know, thought the cows weren't going to milk, um, just calm down. It didn't mean that we got run over. It just meant that we had a problem with some data. So um, anyhow, today has been a bit of a rest day, wouldn't you say, Peter? Yes, I think so. A bludge, you could say. Uh, given what we had to do yesterday, 100 miles, we only did 56 today. And I would have called it champagne cycling, uh, if not for the headwind that we had to uh, roll turns into again. Uh, if it had been a little bit uh, at our backs, it, you couldn't have asked for more beautiful classic English countryside than through Gloucestershire into Worcestershire, uh, the fields, the chocolate box villages and farmhouses, it, it, it just something special really, though I am wearing some welts on my arms from the stinging nettles. Mm. The English stinging nettle leaves its Australian cousin in the shade, doesn't it? You cannot go anywhere near these things uh, without <laughs> wearing it for a few hours at least. We did get very muddy today. We uh, went down a path where Peter did uh, sort of turn back to me and go, are you sure this is the right way? Uh, we had to get off and walk. It was like a muddy mountain bike track um, and you couldn't help but get hit by stinging nettles. So I got uh, done by some of them as well on the way through. So, um, yeah, look, it was just a just a very, very pleasant day, just ambling through the, uh, the country Lots of cyclists on the road. Yeah, probably the most cyclists we've seen because the, the countryside was, was so conducive to a beautiful afternoons uh, or morning cycle. We saw a number of end-to-enders. We went along the Gloucester and Sharpness Canal, huge man-made waterway that could take small oil tankers uh, to Gloucester, which was the, is the, the most inland port in um, in England and uh, a very important place perhaps more so for the shipping and the goods that went out of there in the old days. Now the the beautiful warehouses down there have been uh, turned into all manner of cafes and and restaurants. We had a lovely uh, 
coffee, didn't we? Uh, an Americano and uh, carrot cake and an interesting combination of Rocky Road and Hedgehog. <laughs> I'd never seen that combination ever. And for those uh, coffee aficionados, an Americano is just a long black. Uh, with a bit of milk on the side, as we always have it. Um, also, I wanted to do a little shout-out, send an email with, um, uh, to our friends Gail and Nigel. Hopefully they're listening in. I sent them a link to the podcast, so hopefully they found that. They were the ones who uh, furnished us with bananas and coffee. And also- One thing we didn't mention yesterday is that Gail, actually one of her childhood uh, friends as a young teenager, uh, suffered from muscular dystrophy, so she mm. was right on board with uh, what we're doing the ride for. Yeah, absolutely. Also, a little bit of a shout-out to um, Gavin, Carol and Declan and the rest of the family who are are listening in. Hopefully we didn't upset you guys as well, uh, posting the podcast a little bit. No, they were probably (laughs) just glad to have uh, some respite from it. Do we have to listen to that again? That's probably what they're saying at Bridgewater High School as well. Because I I guess that the project's still going, seeing as we're still going. Well, yeah, I'm not sure if um, a potted history of English countrysides is a part of the Tasmanian education curriculum but anyhow so um very exciting we're catching up with some family tonight Uh, we're heading up to uh Birmingham somewhere near um Wolverhampton to have dinner with Max and Margaret and Auntie Anne and Uncle Nick and their friends Jack and Liz can you just explain why we're not just catching up with them tomorrow because we ride Virtually past Wolverhampton, are they? They're on a schedule on their narrow boats, are they? On the canal, and I just wanted to have a beer with Max. That's all. And who I'm, wouldn't? Who wouldn't? No, apparently they've had a few problems, haven't they? Yeah, uh, yeah. And the rendezvous tonight uh, is just a little bit up in the air. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll see them, and then um, we'll be carbo loading on. Um, because we actually have two hard days ahead, 138 k's and then 135 k's the day after, and some hills. So um, anyhow, this uh, rest day was was really good, and it's really nice to just stop and actually. This is the first time we've actually stopped and not done anything. I think we've been always having to, something to do. Yeah, no, this is really cruisy because the girls uh, have been in the Cotswolds today, and that can be pretty busy traffic-wise, it's so popular. Uh, They're up at Stratford-upon-Avon strutting the stage at the moment, auditioning for the National Shakespearean Theatre, I believe. Is that what they do? None of them strike me as those types. (laughs) No. So um, they'll they'll catch up with us um, shortly, but um, a rest day, probably, I was calling it that, even though we're on the road, and it's allowed a few muscles to just sort themselves out and a few little twinges and things, and uh, I was a bit worried last night, I have to admit, when we got up to go to the pub for that lovely uh, dinner we had in the, the beer garden with the thunderstorms rumbling around us, my left knee collapsed on itself and mm-hmm. I was thinking, gee whiz, what's going on here? But today, uh, I fiddled with my seat height and mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know, it seems to have... have come good so um yeah these little twinges what about you yeah my bum hurts and my hands are a bit sore but other than that i'm pretty good my legs feel great um yeah no we just it's an endurance so uh we just need to i have uh mark uh my uh masseuse from total sports and fitness massage in uh dowsings point in my head when he's always saying just get to the end just get to the end so every time i want to tear off up a big hill then uh yeah, uh, that's, that's, I just think of him. So thank you, Mark. Um, I think that's about it. We'll uh, jump off and uh, you'll hear from us again tomorrow. 
Adios from Worcester. Thanks for listening to Pushing It Uphill. Remember, every dollar you donate to our ride for Muscular Dystrophy Tasmania goes directly to help purchase a wheelchair-accessible vehicle for a family in southern Tasmania as they meet the many challenges muscular dystrophy throws up in their lives. You can find the link to donate in our show notes. Thanks to our in-kind sponsors who have helped us along the way. Corecoms, Creative Imagery, Trail Science, Cradle Mountain Wilderness Village, the Tasman Hotel and the Coles Bay Triathlon. 